know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? This is Joe's Jam and Joe of the Fan Fall Seasons Podcast. And on tonight's episode, we're going to talk a variety of sports. We're going to talk a little Atlanta Braves baseball to start out the show. Then we're going to get into some Atlanta Falcons football and a little bit of Atlanta Hawks basketball as the Hawks have made some big free agency news. RG3 is going to be on with me this week, so I'm going to connect with him via the Fan Fall Seasons fan line. So we're going to talk about that and to round out the show. So we're going to do baseball, football, and basketball tonight, all Atlanta, and then at the very end, I'm going to talk a little bit about UGA football as we are 29 days away from Georgia and Clemson kicking off. When we record, or I shouldn't say when we record, when we post this pod tonight, our latest episode will be 29 days away. So I'll be revealing some of the best number 29s to put on the red and black for the Georgia Bulldogs. So that sounds like a really fun show that we've got on deck. But before we get into the sports conversation this week, let's get a word from our sponsor. And Ban for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic, original oak smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And I'll be back with RG3 here in one sec. And we're back, Fan Frost Seasons fans, and we're going to connect via the Fan Frost Seasons fan line, as I said in the beginning of the show, with my esteemed co-host, Mr. RG3, all the way down in Athens. RG3, how's it going, dude? Oh, it's going great. Going great. Living the puppy life and, uh, yeah, enjoying the summer, trying to stay cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, speaking of the summer and things that are the opposite of cool... And things that are hot right now, and that is the Atlanta Braves. And so we're going to get into some Atlanta Braves baseball talk here, man. So let's get right into it. All right. Well, uh, the Braves did some serious revamping in the outfield during the trade deadline. What have your thoughts been about the outfield upgrade? Well, for one, I'm really excited about about the different guys they have in the outfield. And I'm going to get things started with Jorge Soler and how the Braves acquired Soler was via the Kansas City Royals. And with Jorge Soler, his stats are pretty simple. He's played in four games as of yesterday, and, and he's hit two home runs for, for the Braves. And he he's just provided the Braves a lot of power. And I know he hasn't played in a lot of games, but, but he's done a really good job supplying power, and especially out in right field, and trying to pick up the pieces for Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, I'll... I'm not saying Jorge Soler is going to replace Acuna by any means, but Soler gives you the ability of power and thump, and that's what the outfield was desperately needing in in this instance. And that's what they've got with Jorge Soler. I wouldn't be surprised if good of the rest of the year Jorge Soler has. With the DH coming next year, I would not be surprised for the Braves to try to bring Jorge Soler back and be the potential DH. I mean, he's right-handed, he's got power, and I, and I just think that's a really good fit for the Braves. I, I've always like Jorge Soler, and I think this is a really nice get for the Braves as he's patrolling right field. Uh, and, and the next outfield upgrade I want to talk about is Jack Peterson. The Petersons played in 18 games, and he's had 21 hits, and had 5 doubles, and 2 home runs, and, and he's also had 12 RBIs. So Jack Peterson, for those of you that don't know, the, the Braves acquired him a little bit before the trade deadline, before all the rest of the other moves came. Peterson was the first of these moves, and Jack Peterson has been exactly what the Braves have needed. And the Braves have needed a guy who, who 
who can be dependable in center field. And Peterson's done that. I mean, he, he's done a really good job defensively, and he's done really well offensively. And and his bat is just a, been a tremendous upgrade of what has been out there in center field earlier in the year. You know, whether it be Pache. Now, I will say Heredia has been good, but Peterson is definitely an upgrade over Heredia. I like Heredia in spots, but Jack Peterson's definitely the way to go for the Braves. The the last of the new, the last of the upgrades in the outfield I want to talk about is Adam Duvall. And Duvall has had a limited sample size this year, but all you have to do is think about what he's done earlier in the 2021 season with the Miami Marlins and how he's feasted against the Braves. And just think about what Duvall did the past two years for the Braves and he's provided a lot of thump and I'm really glad that he's back. I heard a radio interview with Adam Duvall in Atlanta and Duvall was talking about what a pleasure it was to be back here in Atlanta playing for the Braves and Duvall was just talking about the energy inside Truist Park and all that stuff and I'm just really happy that Duvall's here and I really like the moves that Alex Anthopoulos has made in the outfield and uh yeah. All right. And so moving on over to batting, uh, Ozzy Albies has been hitting lead off the past few nights since the Braves are facing a left-handed starting pitcher. Should Ozzy be in the leadoff spot for the rest of the season? Absolutely. I I think Ozzy should be in there 100%. I really like what Ozzy gives you at the top. And similar to Acuna in the fact that Acuna, with what Acuna and Ozzy both share similarly, is what they're both able to do you know, at the beginning of the game, and how they're both able to provide such a spark. I And I just think Ozzy gives you that. Now, I know Jack Peterson has been has been, has been in the weight-off spot a little bit, but I but I think Ozzy's most natural fit, especially with this lineup, is for Ozzy to be in the weight-off spot. And, and, you know, I mentioned earlier about the spark that Ozzy can give you at the beginning of the game. You know, whether with his legs, or whether I'm hitting a home run to start out the game, or just getting on base and making things happen. I just think Ozzy should slide into the weight-off spot, and I think the traffic and all that on the bases will go up if Ozzy stays in the leadoff spot. And the other value it always gives you is always gives you the ability to switch it. And I really like that. And I just think that Ozzy, especially with this lineup that the Braves have now, I think Ozzy's best fit going forward, you know, you know, lefty or righty, whoever they're facing should be in the leadoff spot just because of his ability to switch it. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, I, I really do miss Acuna. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I do, too. Well, I do, I mean, too. Uh, well, what do you think about Freddie Freeman, though? Oh, my gosh. Well, well, Freddie has been hotter than ever. Think about what Freddie did a year ago with winning the MVP. But it looks like but it looks like now Fred, Freddie is hotter than ever. I mean, he is really locked in at the plate. It looks like, to me, he's really seeing the ball well. And he's in his natural number three spot where he should where he should be, you know, you know going forward. And I... And I just really like where Freddie is right now offensively. He's hitting the ball to all fields. And that home run he hit, I guess it was Tuesday night. That home run he hit where he hooked it inside the right field foul pole. That, that was a thing of beauty. What Freddie Freeman is doing right now is really impressive. And I would not be surprised to see Freddie in the MVP race if he keeps this up. And he could maybe be looking at back-to-back MVPs. And what's interesting about that, if that were to happen, that has happened in the Braves before with one Dale Murphy, with Murphy winning the 1981 and 1982 MVPs consecutively back-to-back. So and so the Braves aren't stranger to that happening. Here's to hoping Freddie continues to stay hot, and hopefully that'll happen. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And the Braves have eclipsed the 500 mark at 54-54 and 54 going into tonight's play versus the 
Cardinals. Just how much of an accomplishment is it for the Braves team to get 500? Oh, this is a huge accomplishment, man. This is a huge accomplishment. I, I, I really like where the Braves are right now. I, I know they've been in that weird funk of where they win one, they lose one, and that streak finally ended last night, and they're 500 now. So this is the first step to making the climb to getting to getting to the top of the NL East because the Mets, on the other hand, I know the Mets have made a lot of fancy moves with Javi Baez, and Javi Baez is a great player, and rightfully so. But Jacob DeGrom is hurt and will probably out will probably be out and injured till September, it looks like. And so it looks like the Mets are falling apart. And I think Philly, on the other hand, is definitely a team that I'm a little more concerned about more than the Mets, per se. Now, I do like where the Braves are right now. I'm, I think being 500 right now is the first step to the climb. And it just looks like the Braves are in a really good, really good spot. And they're starting to play their best baseball right now. And hopefully they can keep the streak going tonight and win and win three in a row because as the great Lou Brown from Major League said, if you win, if you win three in a row, man, that's called a winning streak, fellas. So hopefully, so hopefully the Braves can keep going tonight and sweep away an average St. Louis Cardinal team at best with Tuki Tucson on the hill. And as we go into the weekend, uh, we have a series against the rival Washington. What are your expectations for the Braves during this series, and what do they have to do to stay above 500? Well, RG3, I look at this series against the Nats as a get-right series, and the Nats are coming to Atlanta. I think the Braves have a chance to really, to really take care of business and and really and really start to make and really start to make the climb, you know, up the stage. Endings. I mean, all the Braves really have to do in my eyes is win series going forward. And that starts with with beating, with winning two out of three from Washington. And a Washington team that has basically sold off their entire team. I mean, they traded away Trey Turner and they traded away Max Scherzer. And, and the Nationals are a shell of themselves. I know they have Juan Soto and Juan Soto's a great player, but he can't do everything for them. And I also know that, that they have Steven Strasburg as well. And But Strasburg is getting a little on up in the tooth and the Nationals just aren't what they are. And I really expect the Braves to at least win two out of three against DC at home, hopefully sweep and the Braves as as I've been saying can make that climb and and get back in the top spot of the NL East and and re- and really make the last two months of baseball really fun for us here in Atlanta. So anyway, RG3, I think that's going to do it for our baseball part of the show. We're going to move over to some football. We're going to talk some Atlanta Falcons as the Dirty Birds are in preparation for the their preseason. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up pretty quickly, man. On the 13th of August, it, and it's pretty crazy a Friday night against the Titans so that's pretty sweet yeah play the Titans and I mean what, what are some of the headlines that you that have stood out to you in training camp well, some of the headlines from, from video clips I see, from articles I read, Arthur Smith is a no-nonsense guy. And as a Falcon fan, I love that. I mean, under the previous regime, we had Dan Quinn, who was all about slogans and, you know, all that and t-shirts and everything. Like, Arthur Smith is all business. Arthur Smith is all football all the time. And, and the players like that. Now, for example, I... I know there. I know the offensive line when when they were doing drills were were holding and Arthur Smith made the entire offensive line run a, run a lap. And I get that's a little high school way to do, but with a new coach and a new regime, I think that just goes to show that Coach Smith means business and he demands respect and accountability for, from his players. And I think that's really good to see, especially out of a new first time head coach. And I. I'm just really excited about Coach Smith, and I think he's going to do a really good job here. Some other storylines that have stood out to me, it looks it looks like there's definitely some competition at the backup running back spot, you know, whether it be Quadre Olsen or whether it, well, obviously Mike Davis is going to start, or whether it be uh, Keontae Foreman, formerly of the 
Houston Texans, who the Falcons brought into camp, or whoever the case may be as far as running back. I think the backup running back spot is definitely an interesting is definitely an interesting place to look. I'm really curious to see how Mike Davis fits in as being the guy, as the lead running back for the Falcons. I think he's going to have a great year. But definitely backup running back is definitely a spot that I've been looking at for sure. And then defensively, I'm curious about the, I'm, I'm curious about the whole defense in general. I'm really curious to see how Dean Pease fits, how, how a lot of these pieces fit with him. And I really want to see this defense fly around and make plays. And it looks like everything that I read and hear about Dean Pease, I'm really excited about what I hear. Because Dean Pease is going to break it down and, and have things go back to basics. And we're just going to fly around, hit quarterbacks, and make plays. And as a Falcon fan, I love that. So those are some storylines that I've been keeping up with, man. Absolutely. Kyle Pitts made a highlight real catch during the training camp. Just how, how imperative that Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts get on the same page quickly. Oh, it's extremely imperative. And I I look at those two as as being as being like one A and one B, and and it'll remind a lot of Falcon fans of the success that Ryan had with Tony Gonzalez. That and I know that's really high praise, you know, throwing that on a rookie like Kyle Pitts, you know, comparing him to a Hall of Famer and Tony Gonzalez. But I really think Ryan and Pitts can have a similar connection, you know, like you know, like Matt did with Tony. And I and I just think that Pitts and Ryan are are, are going to light it up this year. I really do. And because as we've talked about with Kyle Pitts and just a little bit of Falcons we've been talking about um you know Kyle Pitts is not your traditional tight end and he is a unicorn and I just am so excited to see how Arthur Smith utilizes Pitts and I think Ryan and Pitts are, are gonna light it up this year I, I really do I cannot wait to see the two of them together do their thing yeah I'm excited too um I mean I've always loved the quarterback tight end relationship oh no doubt no doubt I'm no doubt and also, I know the thing with Pitts, I know he went to Florida and everything, but I'm telling you, as soon as he put on that Falcon hat when he was drafted, I'm like, brother, all's forgiven now. All's forgiven. I know you tormented my life for three years when you were in college with, with Georgia and Florida, but all's forgiven. When, when you put on that Falcon, red and black, welcome to the family, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the former UGA hunter, Cameron? Now, I'm, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. I'll let you take care of that for me. Nice but- how do you feel about a former UGA player coming and joining the Falcons? Oh, I love it. I love it. And RG3, there's also one other UGA player, and that is that is former defensive lineman John Atkins, who who was instrumental in on Georgia's defensive line back in the 2017-2018 the season when Georgia took on Alabama and Oklahoma and big games like that. Like John Atkins was an essential part of Georgia's defensive line. And and so go so there's always kind of been a stigmatism, you know, whether it be from fans or media or whatever. But for some reason, the Falcons just don't seem to be interested in Georgia players. As a Georgia guy, I don't get that. Because And I would always be like, Dimitrov. I mean, all you have to do is go right down the road. And, and you've got elite talent there in UGA. And so I'm really happy to see this new regime. and find some ex-Georgia guys for sure. I really like it. And, and it's just yeah, good to see. Not the Falcons. UGA typically have like a pretty good relationship with the Seattle Seahawks, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. I, I mean, UGA has good good relationships with every NFL team it seems like but for some reason it just doesn't seem like the Falcons in Georgia like the Falcons in Georgia uh, are on good terms or, or I guess actually when you think about it I'm, I want to say that was mostly the previous regime so hopefully Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith utilize what's right down the road here in Athens or there in Athens with the dogs now I know what Fontenot and Smith would say and and that is we're looking for the best despite college and stuff but as a fan of both I'm just like Dude, like there are so many Georgia guys that you could put on the Falcons and they would thrive. But hey, I'm just a fan. 
at the end of the day. At the end of the day. So, RG3, that's going to wrap it up for our Falcons part of the show. We're going to move into some Atlanta Hawks basketball, and that is the final part of the show. So, let's get that going, man. All right. So, the Hawks are very active in free agency. Extended Trey Young to a five-year, $170 million contract. Just how crucial is this for the Hawks to have Trey Young taken care of for a long term? Uh Oh, extremely crucial. I mean, Trey Young is the guy of all guys right now. But, like, Trey Young has put Atlanta on the map. I mean, you could argue, RG3, that he's the biggest sports star in Atlanta right now. I mean, between Trey and Acuna and, and maybe Albies and Matt Ryan, like those four guys right there. But Trey Young definitely leads the pack as far as basketball and, and fans in general, like, like just NBA fans in general um, who flocked Atlanta, who definitely turned on their TVs during the playoff. I mean, all you have to do is just be impressed with Trey Young and his potential greatness and just makes you say, wow. So uh, so yeah, I'm, I definitely think it was extremely, extremely important for the Hawks to get Trey Young signed long-term and to keep him here because Trey Young is the straw that stirs this Hawks dream. The Hawks have a chance to be really, really fun long-term, and Trey Young is the biggest reason because of it. And the Hawks made some, some pretty savvy... So, RG3, you may fire when ready. So, the Hawks also made some savvy trades acquiring backup point guard Elon Wright and Georgie... Gorgie Jang out of Louisville. He went to Louisville. Jang? Yeah, is it Jang. Just Jang? Yeah, Jang, yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, so Georgie and Bilon, um, you know, acquiring them in the trading. Who will be the new backup center, and what are your thoughts on these two new Oh, um, let me start out with DeLon Wright. I think DeLon Wright, what he gives the Hawks is he gives them stability at the backup point guard spot. He is going to do a really good job and especially tutoring Trey and, and kind of being that savvy vet for Trey to rely on. And and I just really like DeLon Wright. I mean, he's been in the league quite a while and, and he's got and he's got a solid jump shot and he can get to the rim and I really like DeLon Wright. And and as far as the other move with Gorgie Jang, I think Jang is going to come in here and do a really good job for the Hawks. You know, as I mentioned with Jang, he, he was a he was a lottery pick out of the University of Louisville. He was drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he, he's just a big physical guy and a guy that the Hawks can rely on for rebounds and block shots and stickbacks and stuff. And I think he and Clint Capella will do a really good job of working together, one-two being the starter, being the backup center. And I, I just really like Jang a lot. I'm, I've always admired and I'm really excited for him to be here here with the Hawks. The Hawks also did make another move today and that was to bring Lou Williams back and I I really like the moves that Javis Schlink has made this offseason. You know whether it was getting a DeLon Wright, getting a Gorgie Jang or getting Lou or getting Lou Williams to come back. I really like what the Hawks have done and I'm just really happy with what the moves Travis Schlink has made so far. And how do you feel about the terms that the Hawks and Zon Collins agree to? I, I like it. I like it. Now, for those of you that don't yeah. know the specifics of the deal, it's a five-year, $125 million contract. I really like that for John Collins. And I and I think what you get with John Collins is you get a guy who is motivated, who is happy to be here in Atlanta, who who enjoys getting to play with a dynamic guy like Trey. Now, if, now if you're a guy like a like a John Collins and you look at a guy like Trey Young, I mean, I mean, you got to be really excited that you get to play with Trey long term. And I just and I really like what Collins gives you offensively. 
you know as i talked about during the regular season the things that i like that john did is john really expanded his game he really expanded his jump shot specifically his three-pointer his three-point shot is eons from where it was at the beginning of his hawks career and he's a high energy guy like john collins is an energetic enthusiastic guy and he's not afraid to take a charge and he's also not afraid to go up and to go up and do like a highlight reel dunk i'm, I'm really glad collins is here john collins was the first pick travis schlink ever made as hawks gm with the 19th pick all the way back in 2017 and i'm really happy to see mr collins agree to this five-year 125 million dollar deal to be a hawk long term i love it love it I'm, I'm really happy where the hawks are like i am pie in the sky on our atlanta hawks rg3 i'm really excited about where the hawks are really excited about it so the last part of the show i want to get into really quick you know as i teased on social media and as i teased at the beginning of this podcast after recording and after production and after editing of this show this week we will be 29 days away from georgia and clops so i decided so i decided over the next few weeks as we get closer to the countdown whatever the day is i'm going to talk about some of the best players to wear that number or that day whatever that day is i'm going to associate it with a couple with a couple former players numbers who happen to wear who happen to wear that number and who happen to make an impact for Georgia and so today and so for this week's I'm gonna go with 29 and the first number 29 I want to talk about is one Jarvis Jones Jarvis Jones came to the University of Georgia from from Southern California USC the Trojans out in LA and came in for one year and was literally the best defensive player in college football I mean all Jarvis Jones did was hit quarterbacks make plays and when I think of Jarvis Jones I just think of the Florida game, the the infamous Florida game that he had, where he stripped the fumble from Jordan Reed on the goal line back in 2012 to beat Florida to, to, to save the game for Georgia. It, it was unbelievable and Jarvis Jones is one of those great players. When you think back on people to wear the number 29 who, who are great and I want to talk about one other guy real quick and that was Thomas Flowers. Thomas Flowers was a defensive back for Georgia back in the Matt Stafford days like 07, 08 and crew. So I was in middle school at the time. So Thomas Flowers and a bunch of Georgia football players came to visit me back when I was in middle school and I got to really bond with Thomas Flowers and he, he and I were friends and and whenever he'd come visit like he'd always come find me and we'd always talk about Georgia football and like I went to a Georgia soccer game a few weeks later after my first encounter with Thomas Flowers ended up hanging out with him watching the soccer game with he and his friends and met third string quarterback at the time Blake Barnes I remember where Thomas was like hey this is this is Blake he plays quarterback for us and I was like dude I know who you are and Blake was kind of like whoa you know who I am I'm the third string quarterback I was like yeah I know everything about Georgia football so so those are two of my favorite number 29s so, so i just kind of wanted to pay homage to those two those two dgds and so rg3 we're gonna wrap up the show and but before we do and before we get away from our sponsor i want to tell people about fanforallseasons.com you can go to our website you can check out previous episodes under the listen now tab and you can go to our merchandise store as well we have comfy color t-shirts right now that's the popular item for late summer you know early fall but when it gets to fall all you'll be thinking about is ooh, how can i stay warm and beat the dreaded winter and coldness well you can go to our merchandise store fanforallseasons.com and get your hoodies get your long sleeve shirts get your sweatshirt get all that so gear up rep the podcast rg3 and i really appreciate it and you can also find our podcast on any podcast listening platform i'm not going to name them all but but you know the drill so rg3 you may fire when ready about getting one last word from our sponsor all right so fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by georgia smoke barbecue authentic original oak smoke barbecue catering learn more at georgiasmoke.com
And so for RG3, this has been Jamin Joe. And this has been another exciting installment of the Fan Frost Seasons podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.